Hello, everybody. Hi, we're back. Back from the dead. Yes. <laughs> We've resurrected. It is the Lenten season, so. Oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> happy Lent? Is yeah. It a happy time? Um, I don't. It's actually, an introspective it's a time. Respl- it's a reflective time. A yeah. time of sacrifice. This is true. So if you observe Lent, that's great. And whatever you want to do. Can I count my 10 miler training as my Lent sacrifice? How is it a sacrifice? I guess. So for Lent, I'm not doing a sacrifice this year. I'm doing something. Yeah. So I guess you could if you are doing it intentionally. Like for Lent. I don't usually partake in Lent. (laughs) Well, then I'm like doing something. So, you know. I mean, I'm giving up my relaxation time and I'm exercising. <laughs> sure. Honestly, you know what? Why not? Okay. Sweet. My Lenten, not sacrifice, but thing is I'm playing the violin again. And you got it back yesterday or two days ago? Two days ago. Because you had to take it to the shop. Yeah, I had to take it. I, so context, I played the violin all growing up. Betsy played for a while too. Yeah, but Greer was way better than me. Well, yeah. But then <laughs> but then you can sing and I, I don't sing. So we each dabble in a different part of the arts. And so then I put it down for a long time. I am picking it back up. I took it to the violin shop. They made her all pretty, gave her a tune up and now I'm playing her for Lent. Did you go get your bow back? No, that has to be sent away for, it's going to take like two so weeks. So what bow are you using right now? They, oh my God. Is it a rental? Me, yes. It's like a loner <gasps> bow. It literally is so crappy and there was no rosin on it. I had to take a pair of my keys to an old thing of rosin and like slather that thing because there was no friction, oh no my nothing. God. You know what's crazy? Side note about rosin because we use it in ballet too for our point shoes. So they would just have like buckets of rosin backstage at shows. And you just like, like dunk your foot like, in? Put your whole foot in. That's crazy. Yeah. Have you ever tasted it? Why are you so weird with putting things in your mouth you're not supposed to eat? <laughs> it does taste really bad. I, I also, ate cat food once. I ate cat food. I licked a salt lamp. And then actually, <sighs> it actually like left a little burn on my tongue for a long time. Please stay away from my salt lamp. Well, no, I don't want to do it again. I learned. <laughs> learned. I learned. <laughs> well, that was a really long tangent, but welcome back to Don't Fuck With Ghosts. <laughs> we did intro. The podcast about all things haunted, spooky, and supernatural. We are your Blost sisters. I am Betsy. I am Greer. I also got somebody to recently start listening to the podcast. <gasps> really? Who? Wink, wink. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my and gosh. Fun. he also thought we were saying blow sisters. <laughs> <laughs> It's an, ed- it's an opportunity for education. I didn't tell him what it was, though. I was like, because he didn't, he was like, I didn't listen to episode two to find out what blow sisters meant. And I was like, well, <laughs> I'm not explaining it. <laughs> oh, my God. Good for you for recruiting a new member of the spooky family. Yeah. I, I also, do what I can. <laughs> I have a question. Corey yes. was asking the other day. He was like, what is the difference? Because. I made him watch a TV show called Paranormal Caught on Camera. <gasps> That's right. It was so, it was honestly mm-hmm. so terrible, but it was I mean, fun. They're all terrible. They're terrible. Yes. This one particularly was really <laughs> bad because then they started talking about like, do we live in the simulation? And I was like, I'm not doing this. But he asked, he was like, what is the difference between things that are paranormal and things that are supernatural? And I said that like paranormal falls under the umbrella of the supernatural, but like supernatural. I feel like can include things like aliens yeah, or yeah. I've like never almost, thought about I it. I find them kind of synonymous. I could be very wrong. Like again, we're not experts. 
Um, but like when I think paranormal, I think more like ghost hunting shows mm-hmm. and like, yeah, I guess it would kind of fall under the greater umbrella of supernatural. Cause yeah, supernatural definitely encompasses everything that, you know, you have to kind of believe in or not believe in aliens, Bigfoot, uh, mermaids, ghosts, demons, all that jazz. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. I think paranormal could also include those things it's anything that's not normal right so yeah that's true i don't know i just did you ask mr google i didn't but okay. i thought it was a really interesting question yeah it is it was an like while you're question. showing interest in this topic that you hate and it was like meaningful you as in Corey, not you <laughs> no 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 i get it wow well, yeah thanks to Corey for showing interest yeah well it's been a while since we've last chatted yeah, with, you, with you guys because we, we yeah. talk every day but in terms of recording <laughs> the podcast it's been a yes. while yes um did we last record in december yeah like beginning of december like right before wow. my birthday oh my god! <laughs> the last episode came out in mid-december so by the time this one comes out it'll have been about two months okay. since the last yeah. one which is like that's kind of what happened last year for other reasons, but like I think we were just still adjusting to the new year. Yeah, and like, the new year is always. I good. started a new semester of grad school, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, there's just a lot going on in yeah. the new year. But yep. I'm excited to be back. <laughs> um, do we want to dive into Sad Girl Book Club, or is there anything? I'm trying to think. Like, well, I've what been else? watching a lot of scary movies lately. Oh yeah, you have. Okay, give us. The I rundown. watched the new Exorcist movie, Exorcist Believer. It was absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. I gave it a five out of ten, and I think that. Oh was, my gosh. I think that was kind of generous. That's. <laughs> like, it wasn't scary. I wasn't invested in the characters. Um. There is something that happened. So Ellen Burstein, who plays the mother in the original Exorcist movie, is in it. And something happens to her. I won't spoil it, but it kind of like, I laughed, honestly. Oh my God. <laughs> and people who know what I'm talking about or may have an idea of what I'm talking about might think I'm psychopath for that. But <laughs> no. like, it was pretty funny. I think you would have laughed too. We have the same Probably. sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, uh, I would not recommend it. But I also wanted to watch it just to see what I would think about yeah. it, even though I knew that going into it that. I had low expectations and a lot of people said it was bad and turned out they were right. Well, you um, know, The Exorcist is like just yeah. one of our favorites, such an iconic movie. So yeah. It's like the interest. I also didn't know that there were sequels. I haven't watched any I of them. I haven't watched any of them I either. don't really want to. Yeah, I don't either. It's kind of like the same same thing with Halloween. Like all those sequels were terrible. Yeah. Except for the 2018 remake, that or not remake, I guess it was a sequel, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, I watched that and then I watched... Oh, I just recently watched um, I Know What You Did Last Summer. I watched it a couple nights ago. Uh, So there was a show, but it's originally a movie from 98. Oh, 1998, I want to say. And it has Freddie Prince Jr. in it, um, Ryan Philippe. Philippe? Philippe, how Reese? That's that's Reese Witherspoon's son, right? (laughs) No! No! Wait, wait, wait. Husband, <laughs> yeah, Philippi. Yes, Philippe, 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 whatever. Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt and uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh wow! So like you know icons of the nineties. Yeah, and it was so bad, <laughs> which might be controversial because I know it's like a cult classic. Yeah, but it was so bad. I had I had fun watching it, and like what was really cool is that the killer in that movie they kind of do like a take on the Hookman urban legend. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but like it was one of the scary stories that I grew up 
like hearing around oh. the campfire and like scary stories to tell in the dark kind of thing. Yeah. And it's basically like some couple goes to a makeout lane and like mm. they're hooking up or whatever and they start hearing like the scraping <gasps> on mm. the top of the car. And oh of course gosh. the boy goes and yep. looks it out and then the girl's waiting in the car. He doesn't come back. And like she keeps hearing something slapping the top of the car and she's like, what is that? And she finally is like gets tired of waiting for him. So she gets out and he's like strung up on top of a tree and he's <gasps> dead and his hand is, oh hit, my his God. hand is hitting the car because it's blowing in the wind. <gasps> and, and he was killed by the hook man. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. So the and movie they, is like a take on that. Yeah. So like at the beginning of the movie, the, the four main people are like sitting around a campfire at the beach and they're telling the story of the hook man. And then the guy that ends up um, chasing them throughout the movie is basically a hook man because they it takes place on this coastal town in um, South or North Carolina, but like the very southern part, like south of Wilmington. Um, and so there's a ton of fishermen. It's like a fishing town. Mm-hmm. And so the killer kind of disguises himself in like a fishing <sighs> Ooh, smart. Um, co- costume. Yeah, like fisherman's <laughs> uniform, And then has the hook. <laughs> that sounds like it would be really fun. It was, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed watching it, but, but it, it was like, I, predi- I predicted everything that was going to happen. It was mm-hmm. like the classic 90s horror tropes. Um, yeah. It was just, it was bad. But I had fun. <laughs> That's I don't okay. think I'll watch it again. So you're zero for two in terms of yeah. scariness. There was another one was- I watched recently, but I'm... I'm blanking on what it was. I don't think I liked it either. I'm like, I'm really in need of watching a good scary movie. I kind of want to watch um, Ouija. Oh, which was a movie came that came out, out a few, a few years, years ago, ago. Mm-hmm. and I think there's a sequel as well. But it's um, made by the uh, Mike Flanagan, so I feel like it has to be good. Who's he? <laughs> he created uh, Haunting of Hill House, oh, Fly yes. Manor, okay. um, the Fall of House of Usher, all those. Nice. So, yeah. I haven't been watching anything scary. I've just been watching Downton Abbey. Well, that's nice. It is nice. Did you skip that episode yet? Which one? The one where Matthew dies. No. I think that one I can watch because it's so that instant. That might be scary. <laughs> I mean, it was certainly I screamed the first time I watched oh, it. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sybil's... Um, Sybil's situation was more traumatic. Yes. His is more instant, you know, whatever. I think his, when it happened, we were all like, what? What the fuck? Are you serious? Like, it another was like death? the end of the season one of Game of Thrones. Because yeah. you knew it was going to happen, I think. I, did. I had no idea. Yeah. And it was a similar, just like, like this is the main happening? character. How is yeah. he just going to die? Yeah. Sorry for anyone who is watching <clears throat> Downton Abbey for the first time and hasn't gotten there yet. But well, it's, you it's know been, what? It's, it's been, been so many years. A long time. So <laughs> that's on you. Yeah. But yeah. I think other than that, I haven't really been watching anything. Certainly not anything scary. Just because I feel like nothing's been pulling me in lately. Yeah. Well, the ones that have come out recently haven't been good. Yeah. So. That's the problem. I still want to watch the new It. And by new, Same. I mean the one that came out a few years ago. Did you ever see the old, the original nope. one? I haven't either. No, nope. I didn't. I also didn't know that that was a show or it was like a TV. It was movie. a show. It was a TV movie. That's like weird. It never came out in the theaters. The one with t- like the OG with Correct. Tim Curry. Yeah, the man deserved a silver screen. Um, okay, but what are we reading right now? Okay, I am reading. So I was reading that book about Rome, and then I gave up on it because honestly, it was like a textbook, and it was kind of boring. Yeah. And then I was reading my book about the Salem witch trials, which I also, <laughs> I also stopped reading. But only I really, 
I loved the way that the author wrote and I really enjoyed learning about what life was like back then. But the book was like a accusation by accusation, chronological retelling of the entire, that entire time period. So there was just a lot of like names. It was felt like very repetitive. Yeah. And, but I, I was enjoying it. I might pick it back up again. Um, and the book I'm reading now is called The Moonflower Murders, and it's the second, it's a sequel to a book I read over the summer called The Magpie Murders, and it's like murder mystery that takes place, <clears throat> excuse me, in the English countryside. I really enjoy it. I think you would love them too. Yeah. They're you, fun. You recommended the first one to me a yeah. while ago. Yeah. It's, they're very fun. I think that there are like several books sort of in the universe because it basically follows a woman named Susan Ryland who was an editor and the author that she used to work for would write these murder mystery novels, but the murder mystery novels that he wrote kind of like would solve real murder mysteries that happened in their real life. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but they're really good. I like the kind of like cozy English countryside feeling. They're not scary at all, but they're fun. And like in the last book, I wasn't able to guess any of what was going to happen, which was fun. I was like trying to the whole time and I never got it. That's the best. So I would recommend. That's what I'm reading. And then my next book is going to be about... um, Northern Ireland and like the troubles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you Corey read it, and I think Isabel mm-hmm. has either read it or said she heard she it was really good. It. Yeah. So that's what I'm reading now. Cool. You have your Grady Hendrix book. Yeah. So well, since the last time oh, yeah, we to give spoke, I finished Final Girl Support Group, which I also really liked. Not as much as um, my best friend's Exorcism, but it was really fun read. I definitely read like a classic slasher. Uh, movie. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And then I read my first ever Stephen King book, which was Fairy Tale, um, which I really enjoyed. I finished that one super quick. Um, and then after that, I what read. What was that about? Sorry. Oh, um, it's about this boy that he's like 17 and he lives in like some small town in Illinois, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And he's like walking home one night and basically at the very start of the book he like paints this context of there's this house in his neighborhood that kind of looks like an adams family house like super creepy and this old man lives there and he's super curmudgeon and like scary and like he has a dog and one of his friends told him that the dog attacked him when he was a kid and was like super scary and so like everyone was was scared of this house yeah and while this kid is walking home one night he hears the dog like barking And so he goes to check it out, and it turns out that the old man had fallen, and it was, like, freezing. It was raining and cold outside, so he ended up helping the old man and called 911 and, like, had him, you know, taken to the hospital, all that. And then while the man was in the hospital, he was taking care of the dog, and then he started to form a connection with the dog and then, like, a relationship with the old man. And then, um, but while he's, like, in the old man's house he keeps finding things hidden in places where they're like, what is like, who is this old man? Why does he have these things? Like, what's he about? And then the old man ends up passing away, which isn't a spoiler. It's kind of the whole premise of the, of the book. And when he dies, he leaves Charlie is the main character. He leaves Charlie, um, these tapes and kind of tells him about this thing that, 
he was doing and that he needs Charlie to continue doing in order to help the dog, whose name is Radar, and she's very old and is close to death. And so he needs to go help this dog in this magical realm. Wow. And that things, sounds fun. And things happen in this magical realm. And it's kind of has Jack and the Beanstalk vibes and like... It's really, really good. That sounds really good. Um, that sounds like yeah, a great story. It's not story. like as scary as his typical books that you know and love, but it was definitely a good like starter, mm-hmm. and it was the dark fantasy. So I really liked it. Nice. Yeah. And then after that, I read a book called Murder Your Employer, McMaster's Guide to Homicide, (laughs) (laughs) which was really good. I really enjoyed that book. And it was basically about this guy who tries to kill his boss, fails, and then these two would-be cops show up at his apartment um, and basically are like, you failed, but we can help you not fail. (laughs) (laughs) So they're not actually cops. And they end up taking him to this school that he has no idea where it is because when they take him, they knock him out. And so he doesn't know where he is. And when he arrives, he's like blindfolded. So he doesn't know where he is or how he got there. Mm-hmm. And but when he's at the school, he kind of describes it. It's like very it sounds like it's like in the English countryside, like English <laughs> preparatory private school. Like that's the vibe. Mm-hmm. But they're like going to class and learning about poisons. Oh, and my like gosh. How to seduce like how to seduce the person you're trying to kill. It's like they're taking <laughs> Like murder 101, basically. And then that it's like, fun. you have to um, pitch your thesis, which is their their plan to kill the person. And oh like, they gosh. don't actually use the word murder. They call it deletion. Whoa. Um, so it's very interesting. And I really enjoyed it. And it also takes place in like the 50s. Oh, so that's like there's cool. some fun like jargon yeah. going on. And like, you can really like envision it the way that they wrote it. So that's cool. I recommend that one. And then now I read so much. I'm doing great with I my know. books. <laughs> you really are. You found your niche. I feel like that's all it takes with reading. Yeah. It's like finding your niche. Yeah. Um, Greer got me on Goodreads and that like changed the game. Yep. Cause now it's like, I have my list. I'm like, well, I gotta, mm-hmm. gotta get through this. Um, but now I'm back to another Grady Hendrix, Hendrix book and it's called how to sell a haunted house. And it's kind of a slow start. Um, it's a lot of filler. Exposition. Exposition. Thank you. Yeah. Um, because it's about this woman who, she's a single mom, and she kind of lives far away from her parents, but they ended up dying in, like, a tragic accident. And so she has to go back home and deal with the fallout from that. And so, like, she's in their house and, like things start happening and also her mom was like super into ventriloquism so there's like dolls everywhere Mm -mm. so it's like starting to finally get i'm like about 100 pages in Mm -hmm. so it's like that much exposition which i don't know if that's actually a lot or not but for me it is like 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 i haven't i haven't really like fully gotten invested yet but i think once things start to like happen more more and more i think i'll start to really like it nice but yeah that's my update that's a long list. I like it. And where are you finding? Because I'm assuming a lot of people that listen to this podcast yes. would enjoy those types of books. So where are you like finding them? Just so people well, know where to maybe look for lists. So I first heard about Grady Hendrix on TikTok. Okay. Book, book talk. Yeah. But I follow this specific TikToker who she does reviews of not only horror books, but also horror movies and everything. So honestly, book talk. Um, mm-hmm. And then like once you 
find one, it's like pretty easy to find the others. But also, I found I got those Grady Hendrix books in Salem. So oh, that's true. I mean, honestly, you can just like search spooky books, and obviously Stephen King, and yeah. So cool. Well, now you guys know where to hop on the reading train with Betsy. Eee. Nice. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, should I get into my story yes. for today? Okay. Perfect. So today's story takes us to Old Town, San Diego, California, to a home built in the 1850s called the Whaley House. And according to some of my sources, the Whaley House is widely regarded as the most haunted house in America. But I feel like every like residential home that we've talked about also shares that title. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> um, you guys can make your own conclusions about that, but whether it's the most haunted or just one of the most haunted, there's certainly a lot of stuff going on here in the house has a pretty tragic history and backstory, which I'm going to get into right now. So the Whaley house is an 1857 Greek revival style residence, um, a California historical landmark and a modern day museum located in old town, San Diego, California. Thomas Whaley, a man of Scots-Irish origin, was born on October 5th, 1823 in New York City, and he was the seventh child in a family of 10. Classic Irish family. Irish Catholics. Love them. We love them. (laughs) I'm from them. (laughs) She is a product of Irish Catholicism. No shade. Um, (laughs) So Thomas Whaley took over his father's successful business relations and then left New York City on January 1st, 1849. He traveled to San Francisco during the California Gold Rush and then went to San Diego in 1851. Two years later, Thomas went back to New York City where he married a woman named Anna and the two of them then moved back to San Diego together to start their new life. Thomas drew up designs for their soon-to-be new family home and began construction in 1856. The cost of the house was more than $10,000, which is about $360,000 in today's money, and it was made from bricks that were created in Thomas's own brickyard in town. So I guess he owned like businesses throughout the town. One of them was a brickyard. The Whaley House was the first of its kind in San Diego and was known as the finest home in Southern California. And I was telling Betsy before this, like, just wait until you see the picture of this house because you are going to be so disappointed Mm. with the way that it's, like, talked about in the historical. Like, it's described as, like, beautiful, glorious, like, super fancy. And then you'll see a picture and you'll be like, oh. Run down a little (laughs) little bit. It's just... Anyway, I digress. Um, The house, when it was first built, was furnished with mahogany and rosewood furniture, uh, carpets from Brussels, Belgium, and damask drapes, which I'm assuming is a type of fabric, um, and was considered a mansion for its time and place. Uh, The residence became the gathering place for San Diego. Besides being the Whaley family home, it would, over the years, also host San Diego's first commercial theater, the county courthouse, and a general store that served the community. So this is a picture of the house oh, <laughs> in the 1800s, dreads. and this is it now. Like it doesn't. Oh. I mean, it's, it's it's cute, but it doesn't strike me as the fanciest type of house. I just thought it was interesting, like the way it was described. And then I googled it and was like, oh, it looks kind of like a little motel. It kind of does, yeah. Like the one story mm-hmm. and then the little pop yeah. up top. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely cute, but you guys, I think, will be a bit surprised when you see the pictures on Instagram. So, 
But for all of its fanciful decoration, ornamentation, and reputation, the Whaley House was sitting on a dark past. The site of the Whaley family's new and gloriously constructed home was also the former execution site of one of Old Town San Diego's most notorious thieves, a man named Yankee Jim Robinson. I know. Yankee Jim! Yankee Jim. So after a crime spree throughout the town in 1852, Yankee Jim was captured, convicted of his crimes, and sentenced to death by the judge and jury of the court. Yankee Jim was said to be hanged 24 hours after his conviction and was shackled to a tree until his time for the gallows came. The hanging took place on August 18th, 1852, on what is now the Whaley House grounds. And though he was executed, death did not come swiftly or mercifully for Yankee Jim. (laughs) Sorry. At six foot three inches, he was too tall for the gallows scaffolding, and the drop did not snap his neck. Instead, he spent half an hour struggling and strangling to death on the noose before he finally met his fate. Mm -hmm. So... Gnarly. Yeah, no. Really gross. Though his execution should have brought closure to one of the most sensational cases of 1852, it was only the beginning. Shortly after the hanging, people in the town reported seeing Yankee Jim's ghost wandering the area of the former gallows. But this morbid history did not deter Thomas Whaley and his family from building their home on these very grounds that seemed to be haunted by the graphic death of an unsavory criminal. Perhaps all of the tragedy that awaited the Whaley family could have been avoided if they had simply built their home somewhere else. So it's not like they didn't know. They knew that this is where this man was executed and decided, let's just build the house here anyway. That's really strange. It is very odd. Um, Because especially in the 1800s, everyone was like really superstitious. Yeah, exactly. And And I feel like a lot of the stories are like, whether they're real life stories or in scary movies about homes being built on like ancient native burial grounds that's usually something that's discovered like after the fact they're like oh no we built this home and it turns out it's on this like sacred ground that's why we have ghosts in our house these people knew it and not that it was a sacred ground but it was still the gallows and they built their house there anyway Mm. i don't know so it wasn't long after the whaley family moved into their new home that sadness and despair creeped into their lives Thomas and Anna Whaley had six children, Francis, Thomas Jr., Anna, George, Violet, and Corinne. Their son, Thomas Jr., who was just 18 months old, contracted scarlet fever and died in the house in 1858, shortly after the family had moved in. Then, a few months later, a fire broke out and raged within the home, destroying the general store. Soon after these tragedies, Thomas and Anna decided to move themselves and their now five children to San Francisco for a few years before returning to the home in 1868 after repairs had been made. But their time away from the home did not free them from the bonds of tragedy and despair. I mentioned earlier that the Whaley House was not just a residential home, but also a county courthouse, general store, as I just mentioned, but the fire, and a community theater. In October 1868, after returning to San Diego, Thomas Whaley rented part of their home to a local theater troupe called the Tanner Troupe, who were traveling through San Diego at the time. The main operator of the troupe, a man named Thomas Tanner, died just 17 days after opening night. Shocked by the tragic loss, the troupe disbanded by the end of January 1869, never to perform together again. In 1870, local merchants began to move to the newly established new town in San Diego, which left the old town where the Whaley House um, resided, feeling abandoned and eerily quiet. 
1871, when Thomas was away on a business trip, a group of armed men held Anna up at gunpoint as they seized the courthouse records from their home. This, many say, was a turning point for the family and the house. So these people are just like... Bad things keep happening. Bad luck. Their son died. Cursed. The fire. People are moving out of the old town. It's feeling abandoned and desolate. They get robbed. And then in January of 1882, the Whaley daughters, Violet and Anna, both got married inside of the Whaley family home. Violet married a man named, named George Bertolacci, who turned out to be a con artist who only married Violet in the hopes of inheriting the Whaley family fortunes. After suffering from extreme melancholy and depression, Violet took her own life by shooting herself in the chest with her father's 32 caliber rifle on August 19th, 1885 in the family's living room. Jesus. She was only 22 years old. And her suicide note included a passage from the poem titled Bridge of Sighs by poet Thomas Hood. Um, and the line that she included is as follows. Mad from life's history, swift to death's mystery, glad to be hurled anywhere, anywhere out of this world, which is so sad. Um, their other daughter, Corinne, was also engaged at the time, but her fiance broke off their nuptials due to the scandal that Violet's suicide had caused. Yeah. Terrible. Oh, my God. So this family really can't catch a break. Everything is just so awful for them. So finally... After the second string of tragic events, Thomas Whaley decided to build a single-story frame home, a single-story frame home for his family in San Diego, leaving the Whaley house vacant for over two decades. After the house fell into complete disrepair, son Francis Whaley undertook the renovation of the building and turned part of the home into a tourist attraction that touted its history. And I couldn't find out what history they were talking about back then, but I'm assuming they were sharing how this was the finest home of its time and like the sort of importance of its architecture. That's my best guess. And several of the Whaley family members lived and died in the house over the years, including father Thomas and mother Anna, who I believe both died, um, of like illness or old age, which is very sad, but nothing shockingly Mm -hmm. tragic, like what happened to their children. Yeah. Um, and, Children, Corinne, Lillian, Francis, and George. Um, and that house was occupied by the Whaley family all the way up until their daughter Corinne's death in 1953. Wow. Which is, so she must have been old. Like, that's yeah. just, it's just wild so to me. She was born in the 1800s, correct? Yeah. Wow. Like late, like 1880s, 90s, mm-hmm. but still, that's it's, crazy. It's crazy to me. And I think about this a lot watching Downton Abbey. Um, since I mentioned it earlier, it's crazy to me that pe- I know this is how time works, but like people who fought in World War One, even World War Two, and like lived up through the fifties, many of them were born in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like it's us, just, though, right? You yeah. Think about it. We were born mm-hmm. in the the late nineteen hundreds. I know. And <sighs> by the time we die, it'll be like late. I know. That you know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) it'll be well into the the, yeah. I know it's just like I know I know that's how time works, but it's just crazy to think about. Yeah, like this this story that I'm talking about in the 1850s, the last tie to that nuclear family died in the 50s. Yeah, Yeah. it's wild. So that is the tragic background of the Whaley House, and now I want to get into the hauntings. So the Whaley house built on an old execution ground endured tragedy for the decades that the Whaley family lived there. 
During the home's restoration periods, which took place several different times throughout the home's history, workers, visitors, and even Whaley family members themselves began to notice strange and mysterious sounds, sights, aromas, and encounters. Aromas? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's nothing foul. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they would have said odors yeah, exactly. if it was bad. Exactly. <laughs> um, the first and most well-known ghost that lingered within the house and on the grounds was that of Yankee Jim Robinson, of course. which is not surprising, who I talked about earlier in my story. The infamous criminal made eerie noises, loud footsteps, and left disembodied footprints continually scaring Whaley family members and guests throughout their lifetimes. In 1860, Thomas Whaley wrote in his journal that he often heard footsteps upstairs when nobody else was home, and he was convinced they belonged to Jim Robinson and that he was basically punishing them for building a home on the site where he was killed brutally. Baby Thomas Jr., who was the one who passed away in the house from scarlet fever when he was just 18 months old um, and was also the first in the family to pass away, has always stays has always stayed close by, as reported by many who have visited the home. Uh, people report hearing tiny footsteps, sounds of him crying, and even giggling when nobody is in sight, which is very creepy. I hate giggles. I know. But I, I hope that that means he's just happy. He's happy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I, think so. I don't want to hear it, but no, <laughs> he's probably happy. I think that he just, yeah. I don't think he, and I'll actually talk about this in my story, Ooh. but because there's dead kids in that one too, <laughs> but it's like, they don't really know what yeah. happened to them. And so they're just kind of running around being like they were as a kid. I guess that kind of yeah. brings me comfort. To like think they don't about. feel stuck. That's, That's just... That's just their existence. I feel like as long as they're not sad or in pain, yeah. then that's the best you could ask for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, <laughs> other visitors at the time also reported seeing a young woman lingering on the second floor of the house where Violet spent much of her time after her divorce before she took her own life. It is said that the areas that some areas within the home become cold without warning or explanation and that her sorrowful presence is felt throughout the home. Thomas, Anna, and several other spirits have been felt within the home, on the stairwells, and on the property. Many have seen Thomas, the father, uh, standing at the top of the stairs, dressed in his period clothing of his frock, coat, and top hat, and others report smelling the French perfume that that was Anna's signature scent. Wow. Others still report seeing mist, lights turning on and off by themselves, and crystals in the music room's lamp swinging unprompted. More disturbing experiences include reports of visitors feeling a tight, choking sensation when, when they walk over the spot that Yankee Jim Robinson was executed. Sure. And chest pains when they walk through the family's living room where oh, Violet God. shot herself. I know. Terrible. Ugh. Um. In 1964, Regis Philbin... No! And <laughs> Regis Philbin... Is he alive? No, he's dead. Oh, my gosh. He died a few years ago. Okay. Sorry. And, sorry, everyone. In 1864, Regis Philbin and a friend tried to spend the night in the Whaley house. I'm presuming this is for his TV show at the time. Wait, I didn't know that Regis Philbin was a scream king. A scream king? Yeah, like scream oh, queen. Oh, I thought you said scream king. No, scream. Oh, yes. I didn't know he was into horror. That's kind of fun. The man, I think, probably lived a colorful life. <laughs> um, around 3 a.m., witching hour as we all know Mm -hmm. they saw someone or something walking from the house's study into the music room when they shined a flashlight on the mysterious guest it vanished quickly into thin air regis and his friend fled the home and from then on the home's reputation exploded 
Oh my god, we just put him on the map. (laughs) A few years after Regis Philbin's encounter, a college class was reenacting Yankee Jim Robinson's trial in the the trial. Yeah. They were reenacting Yankee Jim Robinson's trial in the Whaley House courtroom. Because if you'll remember, the home had a courtroom in it, or it was the courtroom was like attached to the home. When several members of the mock jury reported seeing Yankee Jim's ghost staring at them from the back of the the room with a bent neck, <gasps> I know bent neck lady. Uh, the entire yes. class fled in horror. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So I was perusing Reddit, as I do, for stories of people's experiences at the Whaley House, and I wanted to share one from about eight years ago from user Nancy Yaw. <laughs> okay. Go off. <laughs> um, they write, quote, I was, I think the, the Reddit thread was like, has anybody had experiences at the Whaley House? So this was her, their response to that. I was just there last night. I've always been a bit iffy on the idea of the paranormal. I am pretty sure I saw a ghost once, but I was pretty high at the time. But the Whaley House, dot, 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 not cool. I had a horrible headache from the instant I stepped in and was very dizzy. Um, Parentheses, I'm not one who is prone to having the vapors. End parentheses. I don't know what that means. Maybe like tendency to get dizzy and faint. Oh. Um, Upstairs, I saw these bright... I'm just... (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I have the vapors. Upstairs, I saw these bright balls of light just zooming around, and they were fast. I also took a picture of the corner in the courtroom that is supposedly a vortex, said the guide. She didn't, or they didn't attach the picture, which is, I wish they had. Um, My best friend took a photo one minute later. In my picture, there is something in that corner. Three bright lights and a black face. And then they say, not (laughs) African-American. Black, as in the color black. As in basically a shadow person. Yeah. The figure is leaning towards the room as if it's about to leap. Felt a few very cold spots. The minute I stepped out of that house, my headache and dizziness were gone. I've never felt anything like that and hope to and hope never to again. Of the pictures I took, several have a lot of foggy wisps of dot dot dot. I don't even know. I don't have any explanation for what I saw or felt, but to my dying day, I'll say this. That place is fucking haunted. (sighs) Yeah. That's chilling. It is. Um, So the Whaley House has been the subject of many paranormal investigation shows, including Fact or Faked, Paranormal Files, America's Most Haunted, BuzzFeed Unsolved, Supernatural, Ghost Files, and of course, Ghost Adventures. I did not watch... Where have they not gone, you know? Seriously. Well, how are they finding new places? Like, I know there's so many haunted places. Well, they places, still haven't gone to the one I'm going to talk about yet. Really? So. Okay. Maybe you'll put them on the map. Well. But it's on the map. They just haven't gone there yet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, I didn't watch any of these shows, but I'm <clears throat> sure. I was honestly, like, after watching Paranormal, what was the one that I made Corey watch with me? Caught on File. I was like, I can't. <laughs> I need, I can't. This, it was so bad. But, so... <laughs> While it may be hard to label one house definitively as the most haunted house in America, with its storied and tragic history full of pain and loss, the hauntings that stem from and the hauntings that stem from it, the Whaley House is certainly a strong contender. Oh, and I should also say, you can visit the Whaley House. They okay. offer historical tours, um, paranormal tours that happen later in the night. Um, I believe they do host paranormal investigations as well. So it's a tourist attraction that you can visit to learn both the history and the hauntings. But nobody like lives there currently? No, no okay. nobody lives there currently. Ooh. 
but that's it. Spooky. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It was fun to research. Yeah. It's just a classic haunted house. I know. All of the tragedy. Mm-hmm. Honestly, what got me was the fire. I was like, I feel like fires always happen. Or like, not always, but often if there's like something tragic happens and also a fire. Rest- gotta- Restless spirits love arson. They do. They really do. I can understand why. Yeah, it's like you you got hung there. You want to burn that shit to the ground. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Well, anywho. <laughs> I guess that brings us to our <laughs> paranormal protection tip of the week. All right, this week we are specifically talking about ghost hunting, which I think is kind of fitting for these paranormal investigations we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Don't just charge in. You wouldn't enter a stranger's house and start a party, would you? The same rules of common courtesy apply in ghost hunting. Don't just start running around taking pictures left and right. The spirits you are investigating were once people too, so start your investigation calmly and carefully with a measured and deliberate pacing. Consent is key. Especially if you have really dark spirits there that don't know why you're there or what your (laughs) intentions are. Yep. I feel like something I see a lot on ghost hunting shows, thinking specifically about ghost hunters because the ghost adventures like they can just be so disrespectful sometimes yeah but i feel like on ghost hunters especially they would always do a really good job of being like hello like insert spirit name my name is yeah such and such and i'm like thank you for letting me be in your home like approaching mm-hmm. it from a, a place of respect and yes. not like i'm here to no. capture Zach you is just there to, He's crazy. to incite chaos and yes. get views yeah i think his approach is probably like let me piss off these spirits so that they do something because yes. they're mad yeah which i feel like sure good tv but terrible practice in your yeah if you're trying to protect life. yourself yeah then don't be zach back definitely not <laughs> And have a whole museum with paranormal objects oh in it. Gosh, I can't with him. I can't. No. Well, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to our first episode back after a little break. The new year. Yeah. Thank you for your patience with us. Um, it's so fun to be back and chatting with you. And to keep up with all of our stories and adventures, be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at DFWG Podcast. You can also join our Patreon at patreon.com slash DFWG Podcast to access any bonus content that we post on there. And I post all of those links on our Instagram as well. And shout out to our patrons, Katie, Joanna, Nikki, Jeremiah, Brittany, Sunday, Tammy, and David. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. Make sure to send in your encounters to our email, dfwgpodcast at gmail.com. And also, please make sure to rate and review us on Spotify and Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So remember, confirm consent. And always stay away from Ouija boards. Please, please stay away from them. Bye. Bye. See you next time.